Welcome to the Male Fertility Podcast, a podcast designed to help, support and educate men as they go through their own fertility struggles. I'm Kieran. And I'm Sean. And we'll do that by sharing our stories of what we went through, as well as having guests share their knowledge and experience. Right, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Male Fertility Podcast, episode number six. How are you, buddy? I'm good. It's episode number six, but it's also episode number one of this new year, 2024. Happy Happy New New Year, Year. man. Oh, we did it together. (laughs) Synchronicity, that. Uh, It's um, Happy Year. Happy New Year, man. It's, thank you, um, thank you. Good to be a, back. Did you have a nice Christmas? I did, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's like, you know, you, you get to the point where it's lovely. But it gets a bit cabin fevery after a while, um, especially with like this horrendous weather that we've had. So, yeah, I'm glad to get back outside as well. So, yeah, how about yourself? Yeah, it was really nice, mate. I felt the same. Like, we had, like, there was, like, four days where it just rained, and it was just after Christmas, and, like, you know, Seb's got a new bike and things and I wanted to get out and, and do stuff with him, but we just haven't been able to. Um, yeah, cabin fever set in. Luckily, the weather broke and we managed to uh, managed to get out a little bit. But then it was New Year and that rolls around and then the New Year starts and you're off again, aren't you? So here we are. Do you have um, any New Year's resolutions? Yeah, well, I've got three, three main ones. The first one is just to continue doing the work that we're doing. It's not really a, a resolution. It's something I just want to continue doing and getting stronger and better at, you know, help support those guys going or facing fertility difficulties. It's, it, it's what we do, isn't it? It's what we want to do. It's, yeah, that's the main objective. Uh, the second one is to be present in the moment, each moment. Like I found last year that, Sometimes family time was affected by, you know, client time or thinking about what we'd be doing on the pod or when we're doing the pod, the phone will ring and, you know, it's family. And even though that's always very important, it's trying to get everything in its box. So I know when I'm doing things and I can engage fully in one task rather than try and do three at a time. And then the second one, or third one is, uh, Jen basically, uh, challenged me not to eat Haribo for a year. So, because I'm a bit of a Haribo fiend, I can eat a lot of Haribo. <laughs> it's probably like my one dietary downfall. Um, for example, I got a kilo tub of Haribo for Christmas, uh, and it was gone in five days. Wow. So it was like, right, we need to. I, I mean, I don't always eat Haribo like that. I am very sensible most of the time, but Jim was like, I bet you can't do it for a year. And I was like, yeah, I can. And then I realized what had come out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it yeah so that that's the third one that's more of a fun one isn't it um i actually think i'm going to struggle more not eating haribo um on a day-to-day basis than i did um not when i when i gave up drinking because i wanted yeah. to drink i wanted to drink at the weekends or when times got stressed i generally like to snack on haribo which is mm. isn't the best thing for a pt so it's 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 um it's a positive in my world. <laughs> what about you, mate? <laughs> well, well, on that note, actually, I'd, I'd say congratulations because you've just gone past your one-year alcohol-free, haven't you? Yeah, man. Cheers. Thanks. Nice. I mean, that's a huge achievement. I mean, like, it's we, we spoke about it, didn't we? I was saying, like, you know, I'd love to do it. I don't know if I've got big enough why, but actually, that's probably <laughs> just me. It's like the self-limiting belief and 
bit of a handbrake, really. I, I know that I should at least like cut down a bit and stop using it as a reward. Oh, today's been a difficult day or whatever, and just having a glass of wine or whatever. But yeah, and you know, generally, like my equivalent of uh, Haribo is chocolate. I can I can nail that in in no time. So that's definitely something I'll be cutting down. But I don't tend to set resolutions as such. I tend to have a, like a, a theme for the year. Uh, mm. So last year, 2023, my theme was growth. And I don't mean around the midriff. Uh, it was generally, <laughs> uh, it was around uh, in, in various areas. Um, I set goals kind of uh, for the year and, and, and just chalk them off bit by bit really. And, um, and I definitely um, did what I set out to do last year, which is good. Um, I haven't had a chance to sit down and plan this year's, theme or my goals but i'll be doing that next week because now the kids are back at school and get a bit more breathing space so uh yeah i'm gonna do what i did last year take myself to my favorite cafe sit down with my diary and my little planner and uh yeah just map out the year really yeah i think you know what you said there is really important actually because we, we think about these resolutions um of things to change when i, I think it sometimes you can look at it a bit negatively like actually mm. just think about it about how you just want to improve you know make it how do you develop yourself and that's what you've just explained isn't it yeah um you constantly think about what do i need to change about myself it's like well there's nothing wrong with you but how can you make yourself that little bit better yeah yeah so but no mate i hope uh, the planning session goes well <laughs> what will you be uh will you be eating while you're there or is it just a cup of coffee uh <laughs> I try and stick to just coffee, but they do do really good uh, little pastries and stuff. But you're never going to win that battle, mate. You're never no, gonna I know. <laughs> well, what I want to do more of, and like it's like you, you, you hit a great um, point there about presence, actually. Mm. But at the same time, I want to when I do something, when I, when I go to make a decision, or for example, if I go to eat or drink something, think about me tomorrow or next week or the month or a year and ahead, like. Rather than just going, okay, I want that now. I'm going to start thinking more about the tomorrow me. Like, yeah. That person is the one who's going to look back and go, "I wish I hadn't done that." And so, but again, it's always trying to find that that difficult balance of remaining present as well. But there's, there's definitely um, something to be said for just bearing in mind the future you as well. And that, that's what I think I'll be bringing in a bit more this year because, yes, yeah, like those small gradual improvements like one percent better yeah like kind of every, every day a week or whatever and and just working towards the best version of myself and, and getting things on track whether it's work health whatever yeah i think this is a good point mate it's um you know we never none of us are ever a finished article you know uh, it's it's about just making sure that you're always taking one step in front of the other one day at a time um with a goal at the end of it, you know, and that, that applies to like fertility journeys as well. You know what the end mm. is um, or what you want it to be, but actually how you tread that path is, is going to be completely different. So there's a lot of things, similarities, isn't there, between yeah. a New Year's resolution and a fertility journey. Like you can make a decision to be, that will positively impact your life um, and, and and make a better you in the long run. Um that's definitely, I mean, we've talked about that before, how that actually we feel like we're better people for going through our fertility journeys. 
Um, you can't see that at the time. You can't see it at all. But as you process it and go through it, um, it's definitely uh, an element of truth in that. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So, well, we'll, well, now we've done that. We've done the welcomes. We're all good. Um, we better move on to today's topic. So, what we're going to talk about today is the experiences or the emotions that we felt uh, in relation to our partners as we went through our fertility treatment. Um, and these are the type of emotions we we're talking about was are like shame, guilt, embarrassment. Um, because you've talked to men, I've talked to guys, and it's that it comes up often, this feeling like you've let someone down, there's shame in the relationship. Uh, and it's really important that all men listening to this know that every man that I've ever talked to about this that has you know, been open enough uh, has expressed this, this feeling, this feeling of, you know, you know, feeling like they've let their partner down or, or something in those lines. You know, they might not say that sentence, but um, it's a real thing and it's important that we talk about it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it. It's very common, like that guilt, uh, and and that does obviously happen on both sides. I know that um, that females who are having trouble conceiving feel the same towards their, their male partners, but when it comes to our, our side, you know, there's definitely that additional factor or, of male ego as well, because because of what we've talked about before, like societal expectations and and kind of upbringing and we're meant to believe or we're led to believe that we've got the easy bit and and that and, and that's been echoed in in fertility treatment and in science is that it's long been uh, assumed that men don't really have a problem and that it doesn't sperm health doesn't decline over age which we've talked about in a previous episode which is nonsense hmm. so yeah the, all of those things actually just they compound and they add up and they really add on to that that guilt and that shame yeah yeah and it's it's important that men that are listening to this know that that's what this conversation is going to be about and all what these conversations are about is breaking down the stigma and that society thought of, um, you know, it is something to be shameful of when it's really not like, um, it is a ever growing issue. Um, and it's only going to increase. So, you know, let's just crack on and have this conversation, man. I think, um, I think it would be a good place to start maybe like where we kind of, or what we kind of felt when we initially kind of tweaked. I mean, and this is going to sound a bit broken maybe, but there was that big part of me that was in pure denial when I first mm. started going through my fertility journey. Um, but then there was a moment when I realized the impact it was having on Jen. Uh, and for me, that started when there was two main things. One where she uh, started injecting, you know, I had those, those thoughts of this is because of me. Um, she doesn't deserve this. And then we had very long conversations about our relationship, but we can get onto it in a bit. Um, and the second one was, well, I remember the day that she went for her first egg collection and seeing her after it. And she was in so much like discomfort and I felt horrendous. Um, and all I could do is remember thinking, this is, this is my fault. This is my fault. She's going through this. And there was that real kind of 
guilt, the guiltiness of having her having to go through it. I mean, now on reflection, I know that my infertility had nothing to do with anything I had done. You know, this is a, a, a condition for me that occurred naturally. Um, and to blame myself that I had nothing to do with or a reason not causing it um, was unfair on me. Um, but the, at that time, the presence, those feelings were there. Um, and it was heartbreaking, heartbreaking. And it really put a strain on, on our relationship because the more I saw her uh, struggling or having to have injections, uh, the more I kind of pulled out of the relationship without even knowing, um, both like uh, physically and mentally, like, uh, like we hugged more and, you know, we didn't have as much sex and things like that because I was going down my, my depressive dip um, and we stopped communicating or I stopped communicating. Well, now I know they were completely the wrong things to do, but at the time, they were like the natural thing for me to do. So basically what I'm trying to get at is men need to be aware that it's a very natural thing to think like this, and but don't blame yourself for something that you've had no purposeful uh, intention of doing. Right? You didn't purposely want to be infertile. So take the support from your partner and work together on it and move forward and support her where you can. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I can echo everything you said, and it, there are there were certain points during our treatment, and like I've, I mentioned in my episode, like for example, when Jenna got uh, ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome, and she was extremely poorly. So not only could we not progress with our treatment, and for an like indeterminate amount of time, it's just when she gets better, and it's like when will that be? you just get, you feel like you're going back to square one again and then seeing her so ill and thinking I've put her in this situation. We wouldn't be there here if it wasn't for me. And, and it's an extremely tough place to be. And, and uh, it's like I mentioned before, I think as well is that Jenna has or had a, a massive needle phobia going mm. into our fertility treatment, but so suddenly you're, you're at home and you've got all the needles there, the meds, and, and, and you're having to like literally use them every day and it's, it's getting over that hurdle. But again, just seeing her, her anxiety of, of the first one in particular, kind of having to, to do it um, and thinking, oh, you know, it shouldn't be like this. The only thing that she should be <laughs> getting stuck in her is me. <laughs> Make it... <laughs> you know, yeah. That's the, the simple route. But... um. Unfortunately, we had to go down that the, 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 the shitty route of, of, of fertility treatment, um, and it, it's really hard. Uh, and like you said, it, there's points where you kind of I I, I withdrew as well. It, it, it taught me a lot about not only myself, and, and I, I'm our next episode is going to be more on how we like kind of pulled ourselves through this and, and it came to acceptance. So I don't want to tread on the next episode's toes too much, but I did. That was, the, it was at these points where I was at the lowest and seeing how hard it was on Jenna that I really did 
have a better understanding of relationships actually and both as an individual and as a couple and it really stuck out to me then how important it is yes you're in a partnership you're in, you're in a relationship and, and there are certain points that it's important to do together but actually it, it really showed me the importance of personal responsibility of looking after myself in order to look at ultimately look after us as a, as a couple it's like um making a you know almost like a promise that i promise to look after myself mentally physically and emotionally as long as you look after yourself physically mentally emotionally and then together it, we will we will rise together and become closer because it when, when you're both going in that same direction it's a positive thing but when we were both moving in other directions like what you explained like you going in a hole i, I felt that as well and jenna's trying to progress forward with the treatment it's like the the opposite ends of a magnet trying to push them together and you just but you're pushing apart and yeah they were the times where i felt most distant because i was being most distant so a lot of getting myself out of that was like again to echo what you said was coming to terms with the fact that it wasn't my fault that that was huge in, in eradicating that guilt because i'd put a lot of blame on myself i'd put just I had apportioned everything, all the reasons for us being there on myself. But then it was really important to acknowledge that we were not there through any actions that I had taken, any purposeful actions. It, it's just a complete and unfortunate factor in life that, that we ended up in a situation which so many people do, tens of millions of people do worldwide. And we were one of them. So first of all, it's about acknowledging it's not my fault. That's, that's huge. And then acknowledging that I needed help, uh, whether that was self-help, help from Jenna, help from others. But most importantly, acknowledging that that help was not weakness by saying, I can't do this on my own at this stage. That is not a weakness at all. That is actually a strength. That's a real, uh, really powerful thing as a man, especially to say, do you know what? I need help now to acknowledge that and to, to then openly say it, do it and, and seek it out. That, that That's a, that's a superpower. Mm. That first part of acceptance of understanding that it's not your fault it is the most important thing. Um, but it takes time to get there. You have to go through that process. You know, for me, it was a fact of, I was in that denial state and then I had horrendous guilt and, um, and then it wasn't until we got to our third cycle when I realized there was, you know, no more money left in the pot. I kind of took it upon myself to go, do you know what? Actually, I've got to take control of this. I find myself in this situation. Um, and even with that, just that positive thought, it helped me change my mindset to the fact of actually I am in this situation, but I'm going to do everything I can to make it as positive as possible to have a positive impact on it. And that in turn, you know, impacted me and Jen's relationship massively positively. Um, we sat down and it was just before um, I started my counseling when I was really at my lowest, uh, we made a plan about how we were going to rebuild our relationship. Um, and it was things like we started planning when we were going to go for dinners. We we planned in when we were going to exercise together. Um, we planned in when we were going to have time apart as well, doing things that 
we wanted to do. Like, um, I used to love going and watch the rugby. I still do. But Jen's got no interest in that. But that was an important part for me to feel like me. And her almost saying, you do that. It, it It's a, it's an invisible layer of a relationship that you can't see. You know you've got the approval of your partner to go and do something you love to do because they love you and they want to see you happy. You know, and we, we kind of did it like that. So you have to kind of be really firm, but fair with yourself. Understand that the situation you're in isn't your fault. Reach out for help. I did with... Uh, my therapy, but also with my partner, with Jen. And together, we managed to pull our relationship back. Um, and it's, you know, I wouldn't be without her now. She's like, she's my absolute rock. And we very rarely argue, we laugh, we giggle. But at the time, if you went back 10 years ago, it was a completely different scenario. It wasn't a different relationship because we loved each other. But we responding differently to the the stimulus we were receiving, especially me. Um, and I think sometimes as a man, we we forget how vital our affection is to our to our partners. Like it is really important. It's not just us that kind of like a cuddle and you know like our wives to cook dinner for us and things like that. If that's what the, you know, that's what makes you smile. It's they like it too. And if you cut that off because you're feeling guilty or feeling like it's your fault, it does have a negative impact. So it's important to make that recognition and make the plans to kind of bind your relationship back together if you feel like it's starting to thread. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, this is our opinion, but I'm no expert. But I don't think that women want us as men to be this immovable object that's completely devoid of emotions. Like, that's what kind of bro science or all this like nonsense on the internet is telling us but and and actually and previous generations as well because men were supposed to be strong and silent and just provide but i don't i don't think women want that i think they want you to open up share vulnerabilities allow them in so that they can help when you need it but also i think it's good like we've both said is they also want you to be able to solve problems yourself to acknowledge them and not ignore them and, and show that independence and that strength to do that, but also to allow them in to help you as and when you need. Because I think when you're shutting people out, you are robbing them of the chance to help you. And, and yeah. that is, that's a great honor. To, as, and that's why you choose life partners to allow them to be there when you need them to, to stop you when you fall and or at least to cushion the blow. If you're going to mm-hmm. go, you know, cause it, it's, it's inevitable that life throws up challenges but it's about being there as a partnership. And and again, I, I love what you said about 10 years ago as a couple, we're the same, like how things would have played out 10 years ago are the same for us. 10 years ago, we were different people. We were a different couple. Life happens. And thankfully, in our case, the infertility pulled us closer together and made us like rock solid, as I know it did for you and Jen as well. But mm. unfortunately, that's not always the case. Um, it can drive people apart as can other challenges in life. But I, I think as long as you're working through things individually as a couple talking, communicating, then it's going to help you progress forward and together and, and, and bring that bond as well that you, you, you will need. Yeah. I mean, I'll touch on that point that you made about, um, 
know, women like to see us vulnerable. Like Jen likes to see um, if something happens and I'm happy about it. Like if I start like emotionally, uh, a tear runs down my cheek, for example, because the situation I'm in is really happy. Like she doesn't look at me and go, what a weirdo. That brings us, she can see that actually, I mean, enjoying that, that situation. It's, it's situational, isn't it? Yeah. You know, at the same time, if someone knocked on our door and was angry, she'd want me to act as the protector at that moment. We talked about this last last um, episode, didn't we? Uh, it's all about situational. You know, it's okay to be fragile at the right times. And even at the wrong time sometimes, if you need to learn how to deal with that emotion. But yeah, I, I, I you know, I found uh, that, our relationship only grew with my ability to show my uh, my fragileness, my sensitivity. And it's not there all the time. Like, I'm a typical bloke. I leave my clothes on the floor and it winds my wife up. And I, you know, I get grumpy uh, for no apparent reason when actually all I am is hungry. Um, I sometimes... Uh, make inappropriate jokes that my wife tells me off for because of my sense of humor is different to hers. Um, but at the same time, if she needs someone to listen to when the children, when they, you know, the children are asleep, we sit down, we have that conversation. If that can't happen, you know, we find a quiet place and have that chat, even if it's in the middle of the day, because she needs to talk something through. If I've had a stressful day at work, you know, she can tell, and she'd be like, we'll talk later and we'll sit down and we'll have a talk, talk it through. And she's my justification. And, you know, she makes me what I might see as a situation. She sees or a negative situation. She sees a positive. She's completely differently. So it's all mm. about communication and being open. Um, but yeah, definitely be being more open with your emotions can only have um, a positive impact on your relationship. The key to getting ahead of the game with your fertility is to understand where you're starting from. The earlier you test, the better you can plan for the future or take immediate action now. As we and others have experienced, waiting to get tests via the doctor can take a long time. Exceeds at home sperm tests make it easy to get an indication of your sperm health without jumping through all the hoops of testing on the NHS or pay the large fees at private clinics. You don't even have to send a sample through the post. By harnessing your phone's camera with an XE device, you can record a video of your semen for the app to analyze. And just because you do your XE test outside the clinic, it doesn't mean you're left to fend for yourself. XE have medical professionals only a message away that can answer any questions that you have about your result. Make suggestions on how to improve your sperm quality or how to point you in the right direction for your next options. This can also be conducted via a free video consultation to discuss with their team face-to-face. -face. The app will also show you recommendations of anything you can do to improve your sperm quality. You'll get a tailored improvement plan to try and increase your motile sperm count. Testing again over time can help track your changes, improvements or areas that need more focus. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 15% off XSeed products at xseedhealth.com. Just use the code mfp 15 that's MFP15 at the checkout. So whether you're trying for children right now 
or thinking about it for the future, head to exceedhealth.com to read more about the at-home sperm test. Yeah, when you when you're sharing all of you in in any partnership, then you are authentically being yourself. And if there's any part of you that you are not revealing or shrouding, then how how can you live that kind of honest and open relationship? Because you really do need to to share that and, and that's what I certainly did after trying I went into the fertility struggles as a completely typical bloke uh, and again this is something that attacked my ego and identity more which we'll talk about next week and how I got out of it but I came out of it a different person and part of that was acknowledging what I was feeling and what I was thinking as well and and by sharing that with Jenna it allowed her to to learn what I needed because yeah, you know, it's, it's it's all about learning. And she initially would try to, because she, she was a long way further ahead than me in, with kind of like personal development and self-help because she, and I've said it many times before on other podcasts, for example, that she doesn't mind me saying this, she, she struggled with depression for years before we went into the fertility issues. So she was already working her own way through that. And she kind of knew how to, what some of the answers were that I needed, but I, I wasn't in a place where I was willing to listen. And I, I, she would push, I would, and it would push me further away. So she had to learn and adapt how I was reacting and, and then suddenly then take a more gentle approach, gentle nudges. And because she was, she knew the key was essentially would, would be to open up whether it's to her or anyone else. Mm. But I was the opposite of what I was willing to do at certain stages. And, I, and she'd be like, she so she stopped pushing with that and that's just one example and it's it's about but you know isn't that that, that's a a huge thing of of relationships is that we're learning each other constantly we are still young we were young at this point we were very young at that point you know when i look back look at photos of that time i think god who's that child (laughs) you know we're going through literally a life-changing situation and and but we are discovering ourselves and we're discovering ourselves as a couple and and it's that growth of yeah. growing through it, growing past it, growing onwards through life. Yeah, it's um it's an amazing thing, and and you know when you've reached that point uh, in a relationship, like uh, I remember sitting there one day and looking at Jen and just knowing that our relationship couldn't be any stronger than it is, like it is strong, but it in order to make something tough, you have to challenge it. And the fertility, our fertility journey was without doubt, um, you know, one of the, in the top three of the challenging things that we've kind of come across. It's definitely, you know, one or two, you know, and um, it made us stronger, which was individuals Mm. and as a couple. so she stuck around for a good few years. So I must be doing something right. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, it's stress testing and, and, mm. and, and forming like, I don't even know if I'm going to use the right term here. I'm just, as you were saying that the, the kind of the metaphor that was coming to my head was steel. Like, so you, mm. you heat it up, you, you, you're, you're banging it, you're bashing it about and it forms into that, then that solid situation. And, and, that's just the way my weird brain works. But that is what came to my mind about a relationship is in those hot, really stressful moments, 
you are essentially forming the strong bond going forward. And that, yeah. that's what we hope. That's what we hope that we can help other people behind us. Because as I said, unfortunately, I, and I know some people that it does drive apart, but if people can learn how to deal with this as a, as individuals, as a couple and, 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 because what we want is people to to not have something as shit and as unfortunate as this to drive relationships apart. Yeah, I, I, I um, yeah, sadly it does. Some relationships it does because it is so challenging. Um, and that doesn't mean that there was anything wrong with that relationship. I think it was more the fact of, um, in that moment of time, it couldn't sustain the stress that was on it. Uh, you know, I, I've talked openly about how I, I said to Jen at one point, I was like, you could just go off and have a child with anyone. Like, I wouldn't, it would break my heart, but you can leave. And she said, no, I want children. If I have children, I want them with you. Like, you are the, you know, the cornerstone of my life. Without you, the house would fall down, you know. So, and that was, that was a big thing for me to hear. I felt I felt better after hearing that. And it wasn't no prompt from me. I didn't, you know, say this is what I need you to tell me. She said the right right thing at the right time. Um and it was probably, you know, the catalyst that got me to the point of I need to do something about this because she's she's really prepared to stand by me. Um despite having an easier option or yeah. what I perceived to be the easy option at the time. Um, and it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been really, because if we'd separated at that time, one, we don't know where we'd be now, but two, there'd always be that question, wouldn't there? Yeah. What if, what if, um, so I I did the same and I said the same to Jenna. I was like, you know, if you, if you want to tap out now, it's fine. Go and go and find someone who can give you what you want. And, and her response was similar. To, to your gens in that she reassured me that she married me for me mm. and that's what helped me reach like or set me on the way to, to acceptance is knowing that my relationship or our relationship I should say wasn't um but my position as a husband in our relationship was not at risk she married me for me that's what she said everything about me as a person not my sperm or lack of it's a really powerful thing to hear, but you have to go through that difficult conversation. Like it's not, it's really not easy. Like, you know, confronting something that, um, is so, you know, you, you, you said it as a damaging your ego, you know, your ego takes a big knock. The person that you perceive yourself to be, you're suddenly not where you are. You're exactly the same person. You've just got a little bit more information hmm. uh, and it's about, you know, understanding that once again, we're going back to the, the, the first point we've kind of brought up, you know, it's not your fault. So don't beat yourself up about it. Process it, take that time, talk to your partner, come up with a plan um, and put it on the table. You know, be really open and honest. This is how I'm feeling. And then together, you you know, it, it doesn't feel great when you're going through it. It feels like you're patching holes in a bucket that just won't stop leaking. But eventually, you know, you fill the holes and the bucket's new. You know, it's fine. Um, but it's just not hard. It's just not easy when you're going through it. It's ex- extremely hard. Um, 
it was it's that thing about bravery, isn't it? You know, you have to be brave. Well, what does bravery feel like? Well, it doesn't feel good. <laughs> but at the end of it, you look back and go, do you know what? I made the right decision at the right time and I'm proud of that decision. Yeah. Uh, pleased with the outcome. But at the time, you feel like shit and you just yeah. want to shut the world out and go enough's enough. But you don't. You you, you muddle through it and, and you end up in a much better position in your relationship. So it's... um. That's my advice to someone. If, if, if you're really kind of struggling, take a moment. Don't blame yourself. Don't blame yourself for something that you didn't have um, any part in playing. Like you did nothing for this to happen. Sit down with your wife or your partner. Come up with a plan how you're going to keep your relationship together and stick to that plan. You know, And think about both on a relationship in terms of a partner level you and your partner, but also what do you need to do that will make you happy? Find a new mm. hobby, return to an old hobby, play football on a Saturday night if that, or uh, Monday night if that's what you need to or what you used to do and you've stopped doing it. Give yourself every reason to keep going. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, um, that's really important advice uh, is, is to find what you love and, and enjoy doing it. It gives you that escape. And, and yeah, and again, touching on what you said about the bravery, brilliant point. Because what's the opposite of that is is cowardice, and, and cowardice is shying away from those tough decisions, those tough conversations. Yeah, and, and really facing them head on, it gives you that proof. And once you overcome that, once you 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 face something like and and, and overcome it and move past it, then that's your proof for overcoming the next obstacle as well. And then you just keep building from there and, and, and moving on and moving forward that's the most important thing to do is keep moving forward yes you might need to take a break uh, in terms of like whatever it is you're doing and, and just recalibrate but don't go backwards keep either like have you have your rest move forward again yeah face those next challenges because they, they will keep coming yeah, yeah that happens in life but then that it, that comes down to building resilience because unknown uh, unchosen suffering will happen to all of us and and for in our case there's there's the fertility struggles i am um, i think i've said it before in the pod but you know it's okay to take the knee take the moment mm. um it's what you do when you're on your knees is the key you know do you lay down and just surrender or do you get up and fight again and my advice is always get up Get up, keep going. Even if it takes you just a week on your knee, where you're like, do you know what? I need a week to myself. I need a week talking to my wife. I need to book in and see my therapist and talk to them. And then I'm ready for the world again. Um, Absolutely. It's a, it's an incredibly uh, powerful thing you said about it. You know, getting that help. It's empowering. Um, even though at the time, society makes it feel like it's the especially for men, men don't ask for help. Well, yes, they do. They should do. I, I can only say positive things about, you know, experiences where I've reached out for help. Um, it's vital. It really is vital. Yeah. There's, um, there's a saying, isn't there? I, I quite like it is you, that you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm. So you can't help others if you're suffering yourself and aren't at your optimal point, whether that's physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever, all free you know because that's uh infertility will attack all three of those elements yeah so 
take that time to, to build yourself back up and then you can better serve others, whether that's your partner, whoever else. But yeah, it's, it's all about self-care as well as care in a, in a relationship. So that feels like a kind of a good time to, to summarise really and, and to say what our top tips would be for anyone going through this uh, individually or as a couple. So um, Kieran, what, what would yours be? Well, I've kind of mentioned them before, but I'm going to kind of put them in a mini conclusion, shall we say, uh, so it makes it really clear. Um, my, my first tip for a guy that's, you know, feeling the strain of this is to take some time to process and understand that it's not your fault and the situation you find yourself in, um, you've played no part in in terms of creating it. So it's really important that you start to let that guilt go. It's, 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 in, it's so much easier to say than to do. But if you start that thought process, gradually you'll, um, that guilt, that pressure, the embarrassment, the shame will start to ease. Now to make this better is where I'm gonna kind of bring in the, the second tip and that's, you know, do sit down with your partner and plan about how you're going to keep your relationship together. Talk about how you're feeling in relation to to them. So you, it's fine to sit down and say, do you know what? We're going through this fertility treatment. It's my fault. It's my fault. Oh, sorry, not my fault. But I feel it's my fault. And I need you to understand that. I need to know how you feel. And I need this conversation. And how can we make sure that we keep our relationship together? Because I don't want it to start fraying because I'm drifting. And that's the conversation me and Jen had. It was as simple as that. And then that's when we sat down and we looked at, you know, we we got the calendar out and we were like, right, so what days are we going to, say, train together? What days in this month are we going to put aside, for, try and forget all our fertility issues and just be Kieran and Jen and go out for dinner? or we had like weekly cinema trips and things like that, that we really stuck to um, and created this plan where we didn't drift apart or in our case, pulled us back together. So get to a point where you can say to yourself that it's not your fault, accept that, and then sit down, speak to your partner really openly, honestly, uh, and then together put a plan together where you can keep that relationship solid that's my advice to any guy that's kind of feeling the pressures um, of fertility treatment on his relationship with his partner. Mm. Yeah, great advice, mate. And yeah, I mean, actually, from from the man's perspective, it's probably like you've hit the nail on the head there. So I'll, I'll, I'll perhaps do some top tips for any partners that are listening of, of how they can support their male partner who, who may be experiencing fertility issues. So I'd say... It, just to, again like you said reiterating what we have already discussed and that would be to provide that reassurance that, that his position as as your partner is not at risk because that's what they'll be feeling that, that they're letting you down and that you may be looking elsewhere or they might even say it like we both did but that reassurance that you are with them for them for who they are not what they can provide that that's huge that that took off such a big weight off my shoulders and like you said it did for you as well and Unfortunately, this one's probably quite hard to hear, but you will need to be patient. Um, 
because it, it it takes time. It it does take time, and and we've found both found ourselves in in holes. Those holes require climbing back out of. And I know that Jenna wanted to move forward quicker. She wanted to to press the the go button on things. Um, and and in my situation, for example, using donor sperm, it takes time to to get to that choice. It's not something you can rush, uh, which is important for any future children no matter how you get there every conversation has to be about the future children involved and so yeah hard one to to, hard pill to swallow but patience is really important because um in my situation certainly when i felt that jenna was pushing i was recoiling further away Uh, so it's about just just taking your foot off the gas sometimes recognizing when they might need a bit of time and then gentle nudges in, in in the directions that you you perhaps want them to to look and and explore such as talking or alternate routes to parenthood whatever it is gentle nudges is key because uh yeah pushing is not the one i think we're all um guilty of a bit of kickback in there yeah even even now if jim wants me to do something it's a gentle push not a go and do this because if i'm in the mm. middle of something it's not going down well <laughs> and when you're right. as fr- you know when you're fragile um like you know with all your emotions yeah there's some great advice there mate really good advice yeah, yeah thank you and, and yeah likewise so yeah i think that brings us to a nice conclusion for today uh next week we'll be talking all about acceptance uh how we got there ourselves how we're in a situation now where we wouldn't change what we went through so that's quite you know you can think back to the initial diagnosis and how you feel to then get to a point where you're almost happy with what's happened that's that's a, that's a big step so how did we do it and that's what we'll be talking about which i'm really looking forward to um and in the meantime if you want to contact us that you've got instagram which is at the male fertility podcast or email which is the male fertility podcast at gmail.com um yeah it'd be great to hear from people like we've had people reach out and talk to us but if anyone's got any specific questions um or have a scenario they'd like us to discuss just send us a message and we'll be more than happy to you know talk about it on one of the pods um because that's what it's about for us we want to know what guys want to hear you know as well as what partners want to hear as well uh we can give this this episode or sorry this season is all about giving our perspectives on things which we would do also for additional seasons but it'd be great to hear from some of you um yeah uh, so we can further help uh, and reach the audience that we want to reach amen to that cheers buddy right i think we're done done just about done haven't we yeah well until next time see you later See you later. Take care. Cheers. Bye.